0: You ever have that, you miss a week and you feel like you missed a whole lot? You ever, you ever have that at heights? I, I did that last week and I was like, man, Ron covered three chapters of scripture. Like, um, I felt like I missed half the Bible. Um, but what he captured last week is where we are for the next four weeks. And it's around this idea that the Holy Spirit indwells you. So you are indwelt, you are the dwelling place. Um, so the word dwell is what the Holy Spirit Does in you. And and then if you, if you take the last four letters, you get well, which, so the idea is if the Holy Spirit indwells you, then you are actually a well that you have everything you need for life and godliness. You have everything you need to truly live the abundant life inside of you. And, And so the idea is the tagline kind of going along with it is just drop the pail. So, so if you're in need, if you're in need and the Holy Spirit indwells you, then you became a well, Drop the pail into the well. And, and, and as you, as you lift up out of that well, you will provide it, be provided with what you need. And, and so that's the idea. Ron specifically rallied around the idea that God is made up of three persons, three distinct persons who are one. So you got father, son, and Holy Spirit. Anybody grow up in a time with the Holy Ghost? Yeah, that was weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. My family was like you. We don't believe in ghosts, but we have the Holy Ghost. Uh, that doesn't make sense. Anybody else is like, I don't. It's just freaky. Um, so we we are Holy Spirit. I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I just mean that to be. Let's be clear when we're talking about the Spirit. The Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not some mystical power. It's not like you're indwelt. So now you're like Luke. You know what I mean? Like use a force. Um, it, it doesn't work that way. Um, it is that you have a person that you relate to. Why? Because God has always been about relating at the center of the universe. At the center of it all is a being who is three persons, who is in a continual relationship with himself. And that, uh, that has now been expressed to all of all of his creation. So so this week we are going to dive in. We're going to lay more foundation. And then next week we're going to going to move towards, OK, if that's all true, then so what? What does that look like practically day in, day out in my life? How do I listen to the Holy Spirit? Um, how do I move and step with the Spirit? What, what does that actually, actually look like in my, in my life? Um, when, I, when I think of the Holy Spirit in the church, I, I kind of get this image that, that came out for me. So, so our family went to Disneyland, um, and my four-year-old, Farrah, um, could not wait to meet Anna and Elsa, right? You gotta meet Elsa. If, if you've been breathing for the last few years and you have any little people in your, your scope, you've probably seen Frozen. Um, so she was excited to go to, to Disneyland to, to see Elsa. And so we're standing in line and the line's really long. And then you get released from that line to go to another line. But this line is in a hallway, right? And you feel like you're in a castle. And so we're in the castle. We are going to Elsa's like, like castle and and she's ready and and so we the door opens and as the door opens and we move in this happens here she is right here and she is on the move a full sprint to Elsa I mean we are we are we are anchoring on to Elsa and in fact she's holding on so long I believe we have one more picture they break out in conversation she's still hugging you know what I mean? Like, I'm not letting go. This is Elsa. It, 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 it is on, right? So, so that's Disneyland. Now, we're going to go forward to yesterday. And yesterday, there was a birthday party at my brother's house for, for his, his daughter. And the doorbell rings, and look who's there. Now, you would expect that there's going to be sprinting and hugging. Um, oh, no, she's at the back of the group. This is her posture the whole time that that Elsa's visiting. This is her posture. So much so that when Elsa's saying goodbye, oh, she got cupcake. My cupcake is more interesting than you, right? She would not even acknowledge, like, like, not even like side hug, you know what I mean? Like the church hug. That didn't even happen. Um, And you begin to go, I wonder if this is a whole lot like the church and the Holy Spirit. Here's what I mean. We show up on a weekend, right? And we show up in a way that anticipates that God is going to show up and do something. So, so, so we show up here with, with anticipation that the Holy Spirit is going to be present, that God is going to do something. We even use words like, oh, did you, did you feel the presence of the Spirit today? Right? And so we show up here going, okay, I'm going to church. God is going to do something. But then here's what happens. We get here and we have anticipation. We're excited when God shows up. And then we leave here. But then the problem is Monday, the doorbell rings. It's the Holy Spirit. And you're like, wait a minute, this is my house. This is my house. You, you don't belong here, you belong in your castle. And sometimes with God, what happens is we, we come to church going in expectation and anticipation, but when God shows up at your job on Monday, when the Holy Spirit shows up at your job, you're like, man, I don't know if I like you here. This, you, you belong over there. I, I, I don't know if I want you messing with my business ethics. I don't know if I want you messing in my relationships because if you mess in my relationships, then I'm going to have to act and live a certain way in my relationships. And, and so a lot like Pharaoh where the anticipation was there for Elsa because we were at her castle when Elsa showed up at the party. Wait, you don't belong in my cousin's house. And sometimes I think with the Holy Spirit, the church, can, can we can carry this over going, I expect you here, but... When you show up at work, don't show up at work, because I don't know what to do with you when you show up at work. When you show up in my relationship, I don't know what to do with you. And so today, I just want to lay some groundwork. I just want to catch this up. We're actually going to go cover to cover somewhat, right? We're going we're gonna, to gonna take a, a flying view from, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, to the, so, so roughly about just over halfway through, we'll get to that in the New Testament, and then we'll dive a little deeper. So, so we do this in thirds, okay? And what we're looking at is what has God been up to? Because you see, the story of the Bible starts in a garden, right? And in the garden, they're, they're, everything's perfect, everything's good. And then humans decide they're going to take things into their own hands. They're going to walk away from God. They're going to make choices to move away. Separation comes in. We call that that the sin entered, and it created separation. It created death. And when that happened, God went on the move. And you need to you need to know you need to know God went on the move. God God became proactive. Genesis 3.15 talks about how he's going to send one who will put it all back together. He's going to send a Savior. He's going to send a Messiah, right? And and so from that point on, then God begins to work with this nation called Israel. And, And Exodus... Second book in the Bible, what you get is you get God rescuing this group of people called the Israelites, and when he rescues them, he takes them out of slavery, and he begins to move with them on the planet. And as he begins to move, this is how he does it, Exodus chapter, and by the way, we're going to cover a bunch of scripture today. I apologize, but I don't apologize, because we need to understand where we are. If we don't know where we are, we don't know how to live, so that's, that's where we're heading. By the day, by day, the Lord went ahead of them. In a pillar of cloud to guide them. On their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so that they could travel by day or by night. So so by day, the who? The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud. Uh, maybe we'll just we'll just define we'll define the, the beginning of the story this way: that, that God is among his people. That God is among his people. You ready? On the count of three, you're going to say among because it's just a weird word to say. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. God is among his people. Here's what I mean. He is in front of them in a cloud. He is in front of them in a pillar of fire. He, he He is there. He is there. They can see him, but he is distant from them. He is separate from them. He is among them, but he's over there. Does that make sense? Okay, so then later in the story, in chapter 33 of Exodus, now Moses, Moses is a leader. um, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away. So so Moses, the leader, is going out. He's putting a tent. But but what we need to get is that that tent is not in the middle of where they are. That tent is outside where they are. The, The tent is over there from where the people are calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. So if you wanted to know of the Lord, if you want to inquire, you went outside away to where the Lord was. So he was among, but he was was over there. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down. So there's that, that pillar of cloud represents the Lord again. Would come down, stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to their tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. So they're in their own tent looking over, watching what's going on. They see the pillar of cloud and, and they know Moses is in there. The Lord would speak face speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend Okay so so God is among his people Moses is going outside Moses is going to and when he gets to then the Lord shows up the Lord is there present they have a conversation face to face but where is that conversation taking place outside and who is it taking place with? All or one? One. And so there's this, there's this God was among his people and it continues on because then they build later, they build a physical temple to honor the Lord, a dwelling place for the Lord. And in Kings, it says this. There we go. When the priests withdrew from the holy place. So, so in the temple, you had different levels of how close you got to this inner inner holy place, the holy of holies, which had a a huge thick curtain on it actually to divide it, but it says, "When, when the priest withdrew to the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, the cloud being who? The very presence of God. And so the presence of God was filled, and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. So, so you've got a physical temple, you've got a whole bunch of people, but the Lord is in a space that you can't get to. So he's there, they know he's there because of the cloud, but they can't get to him. He is among his people. He is, he is there, but, but he's, he's distant from where they are. God has moved towards... God has rescued and He's physically moved them out of slavery at this point. Because something we need to remember is that when God shows up, he'll always move you away from slavery. God will always move you to freedom, always. God is on a mission and his mission is to set you free. God God has always been active and in this case, he's, he's among them, why? To bring them freedom, to bring them freedom, to move them forward. And so you get, get this idea that God is among them, but then the story doesn't end there because when you hit the New Testament, when, when you get to, the, to, to this new part that God's doing a new thing, Matthew captures it this way with the coming of Jesus. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with uh, so, so if you have in the Old Testament, you have that God was among humanity. Now in the person of Jesus, God is with humanity. God chooses to put skin on. Uh, in the message translation, it caps, in, in, for, in John chapter 1, verse 14, it captures it saying that, that God became the word, the word which was God, became flesh and blood and took up residency in our neighborhood. He moved into the neighborhood, the the neighborhood being humanity, that God showed up and God put skin on. Why? Because he was with us. Colossians captures it this way. For in Christ, in Jesus, all the fullness of the deity, all the fullness of God, God's to the most fullest that you can get, God, is crammed into the person of Jesus in bodily form. Now, I don't know about you, but I have these moments. Right? It would have been cool to be Moses. Right? I mean, think about the stuff Moses saw. I mean, just, just a parting of the waters. That, that, that's pretty high up. That's a good day. Right? Or taking the, you're, you're taking the, the walking stick thing and throwing it and it becomes a snake. That, that's, that's a pretty good day. Or seeing the river turn to blood because you told it to. That's, that's a good day. Or watching millions of people exit into freedom, that's a good day. Talking face to face, that's a good day. And if we're not careful, we start to go, man, I I wish I was with, but here's the thing, Moses, God was among them. So, So then we go to Jesus, right? And Jesus has his disciples, he calls his 12, and when he calls his 12, like, I don't know about you, but I'm a little jealous. I got some envy going on. Like, and here's what I mean. You're with Jesus and you go, hey, yo, Jesus, this dude's blind. Watch this, watch this. Watch what he does, right? And he can see. And you had a front row seat. Or it's a person that can't speak and he's deaf and Jesus puts fingers in the ears and and he does it twice and bam, can talk and see the lepers who no one could heal. He heals lepers and you were there, you were with him. You had a front row seat to it. And to me, that's like, it's so exciting. In fact, even better yet, he calls dead guys out of graves. And you saw it. And you were with him. I mean, I look at that and I start to go, man, I would love to be a part of that. That's a pretty good day. I don't know about you, if you have errors you would like to live in, right? My wife is like Pride and Prejudice. You know what I mean? Like, she said, watch those movies. I keep telling her, it's It's fake. Right? Sorry if I just ruined it for anybody. Um but but there's that there's that thing where we, we long to be in that season. And I, I think when it comes to Jesus, it's easy to go, man, I wish, I wish when he called them, he called them to walk so close that the dust kicked up off his feet and they were covered. I I wish I could walk that close with him. I wish I could wake up and, and man, I can smell his bad morning breath, whatever God's morning breath smells like, or a bedhead, right? You see Jesus with bedhead, selfie, um, <laughs> right? But, but there's man, what kind of cereal would he choose? Well, I just sit with him, I know. But, but there's a piece of this in Mark that this is after the feeding of the 5,000. So you just witness Jesus like keep producing food. So much so the baskets are just full. You got so many baskets left by the end, you got 12 just full of food. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat, going ahead of him to Bethsaida. Well, he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up onto a mountainside to pray. After after what? After leaving them. Jesus is with them, but he's not handcuffed to them. Jesus is with them, but he goes there, they go there there which actually when they go there they end up in a storm you remember that story and he comes to them on the water right right they go into a storm and Jesus is on a mountain praying see 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 with with wasn't the best Because the story didn't end with with, right? The story didn't end with with Jesus ends up dying on a cross. He He's raised to life again and he ascends, right? And he leaves his church and he gives them a mandate like the Holy Spirit's going to come and you're going to do crazy things. Right, And he, he sends them out and the church begins to grow in Corinth as the church is growing because the culture is so corrupt around them and, and the, the world is creeping into the church and, and they're making choices. They don't know how to make choices and they're struggling. And it's in that moment that then Paul writes a letter to Corinth to remind them, don't, don't forget, don't forget, do you not know that your bodies are temples? Hmm temples. We've seen that word before. What is a temple? A temple is where what? God's presence exists. Don't you know, do you not know that your body are temples of the Holy Spirit, the person, the triune, the third member, who is what? In. There's our third word, in. He is in you. God himself, everything we look at from the perspective of what's going on in Jesus and bodily form and how amazing that is that God showed up in the neighborhood, it gets even better because you live in the richest spiritual time of all humanity. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is in you. God himself is in you right now. Those of you that have said yes to Jesus, I've accepted his grace. I know that he needs to save me. I know that he needs to rescue me. He now says in you, you are the residency. You are the worship Spot, if you like, you are the worship building, you are the temple, you are where worship happens, not on a Sunday, but on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, wherever you are found, the Holy Spirit is in you, God is there. That should change everything. That should change everything. And and Paul's going back and going, hey, don't, don't you forget, don't you forget, he's in you. Man, you think the world is so strong. You, you, you think you struggle so much because the culture so... Like, that's how the, Corinth, the people at Corinth felt. That he goes, the antidote for that is, remember who you are. It's not, you're not among, like, like that, that's old church, by the way, where you go to church because God's there, and when you leave, it's like, peace out, God, I'll see you next week. You, that, that's Old Testament church. You you are in a space where the Bible says that in you, God dwells, that in you, God himself, and you can put whatever picture you want on that, the smartest being, the strongest being, the most loving being, the God who is compassion, who is gracious, take your pick, that God is in you right now. That God is in you right now. And Jesus, Jesus added um, back in John. We read this last week. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another. By the way, it says advocate. That's a great translation. I just want to flip it a little bit, okay? Um, there's another translation that uses the word friend. Okay? He will give you another what? Friend. friend. What were the disciples losing? A friend. He says he's going to give you another friend. Okay, okay. The word friend, like, I don't know about you, but I need a friend who sticks with me through thick and thin. I need a friend who is not going to turn around. And by the way, I'm not preaching this because somebody, something happened this week. Like, nobody hurt me this week. Okay, just, just so we're clear. But I need a friend who doesn't knife me in the back. I need a friend who hangs around when it doesn't go good. I need a friend that hangs around when the bottom falls out. I need a friend that I can sit with over Cheerios. And as we're talking about Cheerios, we actually talk about life. What Jesus is saying is there is another coming, a friend, to help you and be with you how long? Forever. There's a friend coming who will be that for you. You have a friend. He's in you. That means you're never alone. I don't know how alone you feel right now, but as a believer, you are never alone. That's scary, too, because it's comforting on the side of like, man, I don't have to be lonely. It's also freaky on the other side. Like me last week, and it's just a moment of honesty, right? Standing at a soccer field might not have been my finest moment when I turn around to the other coach and go, why don't you shut up? Right? And God reminded me he was there. See how that works? God is there. As you were coming in and the 1030s getting out, and some of them may have been in a rush, and you might have been in their way, and there might have been gestures. Who knows? The Spirit was there. You see, in your your finest and in your worst, the Spirit is there. Why? Why? Because he's sending another friend to walk this journey with you. Sending a friend to walk this journey out. Later in John chapter 16, he defines kind of how this works. He goes, the spirit of truth, sorry, jump to John 16. He will glorify me because it is from me. That's the one I'm looking for, thank you. But when he, when your friend, when the friend shows up, the spirit of truth comes, he will what? All right, we can do better than that. I know it's it's like lunchtime or maybe you ate already, but I didn't, so we can do better. Ready? He will what? Guide. Guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. This friend who is coming will be your guide. That word guide, um, a number of years ago, I was in England and we went down into this cavern and, and it was with my parents and my, my daughter and we were down in this cavern and, and you go down and it gets dark, you know, when you can feel the darkness, that kind of dark and and we get in this boat and then this boat starts to go down these, these old mines and I'm like, okay, this is just a little freaky, but it's cool. It's cool. You know why? Because there was somebody in the front of the boat that was talking the whole time that was telling us what to expect when and where and why this. Part was like this and what happened here and where we're heading and what you'll see and what we had a guide to take us every step of the way that word guide is is that the Holy Spirit who is your friend grabs your hand and that he is going to walk with you he he because he is a person as we learned last week right he is going to walk with you every step of the journey he is going to guide you he's going to go oh I wouldn't go over there because if you go over there this is going to happen why because he knows all the truth that's your friend your friend is the guide. But your friend is so much more. One more verse. Romans chapter 8. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living where? In you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. And if the spirit of God who what? Who raised Jesus from the dead Okay, hang on Just, just let's, let's picture this for a second Because when Jesus died Jesus died with the sins of the entire universe On his back When he was buried He was buried for good And here's the best part He was raised to life By what? By the spirit of God And that same spirit He lives in you That same spirit is inside of you That same spirit that has the power over death and over anything that you think can conquer you, you think you had a bad day, try Jesus. As he's laying dead with the sins of the world on him, as he is buried, as he cannot do anything now, he is reliant upon the Spirit of God, and who raises him? The Spirit of God. Church, you have the Spirit of God living and breathing inside of you right now. And that spirit has unending power. That means you win. That means you overcome. That means you don't have to settle for a life that says you are defeated and be. You don't have to settle. Why? Because the spirit of him who raised him from the dead is living inside of you. You are alive. Why? Because God is in you. Your tomorrow does not have to look like today or yesterday. Your tomorrow should be moving forward. God has been on a journey to be among, to be with, to be in. Now, I intentionally didn't write the conclusion to the sermon because you're going to sing it. Is that okay? You're going to sing it today. It's a little different. It's not our norm. um, But band, you can come on up. And here's why. Here's why. This song kind of, it plays out as you go through it. It plays out like a prayer. And it prays out as a declaration. And, And it builds and it builds to the point where your soul just has to sing. But I don't know about you. I get the privilege of preaching five times in a day. And by the fifth one, sometimes my heart is caught up. Right? Sometimes I need to hear the message more than anybody else. And sometimes when you stand and you begin to sing and you begin to read words or maybe you haven't got the melody yet but you're just listening to those words and you're mouthing them, here's what happens. Your, your own soul begins to catch up. And so we're going to do a new song, which I know that's weird because you're going to sing but it's a new song. You guys got it. I know it. Behold. It begins out with behold. The the word behold is to see, to observe, to capture, to take hold of, to set your your eyes on. It's that important. Behold the Father's heart. The mystery he lavishes on us. You're a mystery. You know why? Because the Spirit of God is alive and well in you. Try and explain that to somebody. As deep cries out to deep, oh, how desperately he wants us. The things of earth stand next to him. Catch this. The things of earth, this is your God that is alive and well in you. The things of earth, the things that worry you, the things that that you carry, the things that wow you, all of it, the whole thing, right? The things of earth stand next to him, next to your God, the God that's alive and well in you like a candle to the sun unfailing father, unfailing father, father, the person of the Trinity, what compares to his great love? Did you know that God has been on a passionate pursuit of you for for all of human history? Did you know that he's been moving closer and closer? Why? Because of love. He loves you. He loves you. God is love. Meaning, he can do nothing else but love you. He loves you. He's pursued you. He's moved closer. And now it switches. We move from the Father to the Son. Behold his holy Son. The Lion and the Lamb given to us. The Word became a man that my soul, my soul, personal, should know its Savior, if you're here today, by the way, and you do not know Jesus, today is your day. Today is your day. Do not leave the building without talking to someone. Do not leave the building without asking your questions. Today is the day. Why? Because he was forsaken for the sake of all mankind and salvation, your salvation. You becoming a believer today, which, by the way, the Holy Spirit indwells at the point of what? Your surrender. At the point that you go, I can't do it. Jesus, I need you to. At that point, the Holy Spirit takes takes up residence. Salvation is in his blood. Jesus Messiah, the righteous died for love. It wasn't over. Why? For he is the risen one. Today's not the end. He's alive and well, and he's coming back. Why? Because he's the risen one. He's coming back. We're not abandoned. And then there's this point where your soul, your soul then sings what? My soul then sings my soul. How great your love is. How great your love is. And then it goes into a third verse. It begins with Behold again. Set your eyes on. I have a friend. You have a friend. I have a friend. The spirit breathing holy fire where? Within. My ever present help. My ever, ever present help. Speaking truth when I can't find it. Light up this broken heart and light my way. Till my time on earth is done. Oh, Holy Spirit, breathe in me. This is where it changes to that like prayer idea. Breathe in me like kingdom come. Oh, Holy Spirit, let your work in who? It's personal. This is your cry. This is your prayer. This is your time. This is you. You before God going, I understand that you're not among, I understand you're not with, you are in. God, would you work in me till your work's done? Would you finish what you started? Would you teach me how to walk? Would you teach me what it means for you to be in? So if you would stand, we're going to end by singing.
1: Things of earth stand next to Him like a candle to the sun.